This is chapter three, uh, the three world order part two. And we left off on section four, three worlds. So in the mid 20th century, the first world was shaped by Western Europe, United States and Japan in the future. The first world believed that capitalism and democracy would revive the global economy during the Cold War. They partnered with dictators in the third world countries to stop the spread of communism, which came at the expense of a shrinking democracy. Also in the 20th century, the American economy boosted the global economy significantly and allowed the world to thrive again, uh, again after uh, World War I. Fridges, phones, cars, and plumbing became affordable for everyone. Agricultural and industrial output surged. Governments disbanded their national armies to redirect the money towards education, health, and social welfare. And the spread of fascism and Nazism, sorry, Nazism, was slowed during the Cold War. Germany feared that the nation would become a, a communist if Nazism was removed. In 1945, Europe was still socially, politically, and economically in pieces, while America was expanding economically. More houses and more goods were being produced and imported in the United States. Communism became a greater threat after the Korean War, and the Chinese Communist Revolution were reflective of that, as well as the atomic bomb construction in Russia. In 1950, uh, Jose Sorry, Joseph McCarthy, a Republican of Wisconsin, led an anti-communist campaign to root out communists in the State Department and Hollywood. Politicians emphasized strong anti-communist policies and larger militaries. In the mid-20th century, over uh, 25% of Americans were poor. African Americans pushed for racial equality. They established the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People and desegregated American schools. Boycotts became common in the civil rights movement. Martin Luther King Jr. led the bus boycott in Montgomery against white supremacy. And Martin Luther King Jr. sought inspiration from Gandhi. In 1945, Japan surrendered to the end of the Great War. It could no longer push to expand in East Asia. It turned to American technology, economy, and uh, military weaponry for support. The Japanese government made investments, increased trade protections, and endorsed private corporations. In 1975, Japan went from authoritarian government with a crumbling economy to one with a parliamentary administration and a booming economy. Soviet Union allied with the communist regimes in Eastern and Central Europe, Mongolia, and North Korea. It faced the most severe economic, social, and political damages from the other world powers. It sought to protect itself from the West by creating a blockade of smaller communist states in Eastern Europe. Under Marxist uh, ideology, there was no private property uh, or trade, so there was no risk of exploitation. The Soviet Union provided full employment and buffered, an, uh, buffered economic falls. There was minimal ex exploitation and a financially secure model gained more popularity than capitalism where exploitation in business was a growing problem. So 
these smaller nations in Eastern Europe that weren't fully developed yet were more like were more welcoming of communism from the Soviet Union than capitalism from the West because you know they saw how much exploitation could happen with capitalism and they're like hey no private property no private trade so there is going to be no um exploitation they're like hey i like communism and this is exactly what the west was fearing healthcare public education maternity and worker productions protections and cheap public transportation appealed to the crumbling nations in 1950, literacy rates spiked from 67 to 87 to 87%. A smaller range of consumer goods uh, were available, but they were very inexpensive. And housing took a very long time to get, but was also inexpensive and was and could be passed down to generations. So, really, the Eastern European countries that were kind of ready to embrace communism only saw what the soviet union wanted them to see they didn't see that there was you know a pretty much non-existent market with only few goods they only saw the um what looked to be this equal um education healthcare, transportation housing etc the Soviet regime censored all negative information about their own country and blocked out the thriving capitalist nations from their citizens, which left the people completely unaware of their situation and gave them no reason to revolt. So the people in the Soviet regime, they didn't know that what they were going through with, you know, this like minimal trade, like everything was very... Um, inexpensive yet they were being suppressed and censored like all the time um they didn't see any problems with it because they didn't know anything else stalin used torture murder forced labor and imprisonment to root out any opposition again the censorship in 1953 the gulag had seven million people laboring in mines when stalin died in 1956 nikita Khrushchev tried to convince the Communist Party uh, Congress that Stalin's atrocities were separate from what real communism was, and other parties heard and they were in shock. So basically, word got out about what Stalin was doing with the gulags, and now people were trying to starting to veer away from communism. They were like, Okay, we thought this was just no exploitation, but this is literally just oppression and censorship. So a lot of people um, and nations were shocked by, you know, uh, the atrocities of Stalin. The Eastern European nations immediately began protesting against communism. Poland and Hungary protested for free elections and uncensored press, but were violently suppressed by the Soviet police and weaponry. So it was almost too late for several of the Eastern European nations that were already um, all in with the Soviet Union. Hungary's government was overthrown by the Soviets and was replaced by a very repressive government. In 1957, the Soviet Union was applauded for launching the first satellite, Sputnik. 
It attracted students from third world countries, uh, which spread even more communism. And in 1961, the Communist Party believed it would engulf the first world countries within the next 20 years. But this failed due to tensions with the population and the overwhelming number of businesses and industries that began popping up, um, which depleted the resources. The third world countries are defined by um, basically places where the majority of the population was oppressed and places like Asia, Africa, and Latin America. These countries were recovering from colonialism and sought to build better institutions than those in the first and second world countries, and they were deemed as underdeveloped. In 1944, the World Bank was established to help struggling countries like the third world countries economically. Also in 94, the International Monetary Fund was established to help Europe recover after the Second War, boost the global economy, and help third world countries financially. First world countries, especially the United States, tried to help the struggling countries by providing loans and services through the World Bank and rebalanced their economies through the IMF. And this was helpful, but intrusive. Multinational corporations provided technology for the third world countries, but these new nationals uh, became very dependent on these European and American companies for progress rather than building their own local companies. So basically, the, the third world countries were in need of some help, and the European and American nations were like, yes, we want to help you, and it was mostly because they did not want communism to spread to um, these countries that were still not yet developed and hasn't and hadn't really decided what type of uh, government they're going to have. So uh, the European and American countries had uh, multinational corporations that basically provided technology and money for the for the third world countries, but these third world countries begin being like oh yeah we have this we don't really even need to worry about establishing our own independent economy and which was the main focus after world war one when people realized hey we're being way too dependent on the international uh markets and now they're becoming dependent again and that was not very good um, the third world countries were trapped between Soviet communism and American anti-colonialism on both sides and feared for a nuclear war between the Soviet Union and the United States. Between 1967 and 1970, Nigeria suffered a civil war and was immediately picked up by the Soviets, who provided MiG jets and uh, military support that ultimately helped the Nigerian administration regain control. So now... There was this huge um, tension between the United States and the Soviet Union. Both were trying to pick up nations, like Nigeria picked up Soviet Union because it was in need of help. So it was really this competition now. The third world countries became increasingly interdependent on either the Soviets or the Americas, which led to discontent. Between 1950 and 1960, leaders began revolting. In 1961, Franz Fanon, who was a psychiatrist of Algeria under French rule, wrote about the European racism in uh, his book called The Wretched of the Earth and promoted independence from racist European nations. 
1958, Mao Zedong uh, created the Great Leap Forward program, which set up 24,000 communes in China. Industrial production uh, surged as more peasants set up makeshift factories in their backyards, but the goods were of poor quality. In 1961, the system failed after 45 million people died from starvation and malnutrition. In 1966, Mao Zedong led the Great Proletarian Cultural Revolution against the Communist government. He rallied 10 million young Chinese people as Red Guards on a march to Beijing to restore Chinese society. Old customs, habits, ideas, and culture were abandoned. Classical art, architecture, and texts were destroyed by the Red Guards. Uh, Mao Zedong rejected all foreign influences by attacking those who knew foreign languages or were against the revolution. Loyalty to Mao and the revolution led to family betrayal and numerous violent deaths. Though this revolution was very violent and undemocratic, the Chinese people submitted to Mao's leadership as they knew of nothing else. Latin American nations wanted to end their dependence on American multinational corporations and political corruption. They wanted to increase domestic trade, form a more democratic administration, and revamp their lands. In the mid-20th century, nationalists and liberalists in Guatemala joined together, but were stopped by the local and American conservatives. In 1898, there was a Spanish-American War which gave Cuba independence. In 1930, the working and middle classes were not prospering from the plantations and industries. In 1953, Fidel Castro, a law student, led a group of university students to attack militants and was deemed a national hero. In 1955, he escaped to Mexico after he was released from prison. By 1959, he came to power in Cuba again after leading military raids. Fidel Castro scared off the elites and used police to strengthen his communist regime. The Americans tried to kill him off but were unsuccessful. In 1962, Argamedon uh, in the Cuban there was Argamedon in the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, Castro enlisted support from the Soviets for nuclear weapons, and President Kennedy tried to block Cuba out from the United States after his intelligence found the weapons and managed to get the Soviets to take back the nuclear weaponry. In 1953, Ernesto Che Guevara a medical student, was Fidel Castro's lieutenant. He hated the United States for meddling in Latin American policies after the CIA assassinated ruler Jacobo Arbenz. In 1958, he teamed up with Castro, and by 1959, he obtained political power in the Cuban government. President Kennedy tried to help Latin America by providing money and support in order to prevent more revolution. Radicals were rooted out with the help of American military advisement, and in 1973, there was Augusto Pinochet, who was able to overthrow the socialist Salvador Allende administration in Chile. In 1975, the revolt was re repressed in Argentina, Bolivia, Mexico, Brazil, Venezuela, and Uruguay. Section 5 is tensions within the three worlds. Italy, France, and Belgium did not enfranchise women until after World War II. Women were still tasked um, all of the domestic work. 
1968, students and workers revolted against the elite in Paris due to the strict social and academic hierarchies that only enabled the elite to hold power. In 1964, there was the Civil Rights Act, which banned racial discrimination and segregation in public places and public offices. And this was passed due to an uptick in civil rights protests. Schools were still mainly one race due to many white people moving to the suburbs. And in 1965, there was the Voting Rights Act, where all men of color could vote. There was a war on poverty, on poverty program, and it was established by President Johnson to strengthen social security, increase health benefits, and provide more education. And this led the poverty rate to fall by 50%. Malcolm X and the Black Panthers were radical separatists that pushed African Americans to embrace their African origins rather than assimilate and forget them. In 1960, the birth control pill was invented. In 1963, Betty Firedon published The Feminine Mystique. She pointed out that more women needed to start working. In the mid-20th century, she compared domestic responsibilities in the suburbs to concentration camps. In 1962, Rachel Carson published Silent Spring. She demonized the DTT as a cancer-causing and environmentally harmful pesticide. In 1972, DT DDT was banned in the United States, and many women questioned the American uh, dream. In 1960, more troops were sent to Vietnam uh, from the United States, and in 1970, President Nixon ordered United States soldiers to go to Cambodia. 500 universities and schools were closed down. Four students were murdered at Kent State University, Ohio, during a protest against the war. And in 1973, the United States retreated from Vietnam. In 1948, Yugoslavia gained independence from the Soviet Union and formed a socialist regime. In 1956, Poland and Hungary also tried to break away from the Soviets, but failed. In 1968, Prague Spring, which is a period of time in which Czechoslovakia um, had a communist government uh, that ran a series of experimental democratic and socialist authorities. Um, Alexander Dubset uh, proposed a government based on more freedoms, more variance within the ruling party, and more autonomy for the people, but failed and the Soviets suppressed the people. The people who opposed communism were expelled from the Soviet Union. Religion, um, which is Eastern Orthodox Christianity here, was secretly revived in Russia. In 1970, Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote the Gulag Archipelago, uh, talking about how simply rejecting Stalin's form of socialism would reform the idea completely. And in 1974, he was exiled from the Soviet Union. Moscow was able to lessen the Communist Party's control over it by promising complete loyalty. In 1970, the gulags shrank and mass murders became less common. By 1949, the Sino-Soviet alliance was formed between China and the Soviet Union on the basis that they both hated the United States. So an anti-West, um, anti-Western uh, coalition. In the 20th century, 
the Soviets provided military and financial aid. China adopted its own form of Marxism that um, was a little bit less against the West, but still against the West, which helped it gain popularity among the communist countries. Romania won some autonomy by buying off China and the United and the USSR, and Albania allied with China and African states allied with the Soviet Union for more economic aid. Third world countries never formed alliances with each other while the first and second worlds did. In 1960, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries was formed, and this included Iran, Iraq, Algeria, Ecuador, Gabon, Indonesia, Qatar, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Venezuela, Libya, and Kuwait. In 1973, after the fourth war between Israel and the Arab countries began, uh, OPEC curtailed oil from Israel's allies in the West. The third world controlled the world's, the first world's oil, which was huge. In 1970, OPEC's profits declined as fuel was discovered in Mexico and Canada. So the need for OPEC was... Uh, um, kind of declining, and OPEC tried to raise its production to make it seem more efficient, but failed. OPEC money was really just benefiting the first world country through banks and real estate, while the taxing the while taxing the countries in need for the oil with the oil revenues. So basically, OPEC was a huge oil um, industry, and it was taxing countries. Um, for oil uh with the money that they got from them so it's like this huge cycle and um it was controlled by the third world countries so the third world third world countries could basically control the world's oil which was a huge um difference because now the third world actually controlled some resources. And that concludes chapter 13. Thank you.